0: I encourage you just to get wildly radically uncomfortable around people in the presence of God you determine the the activity of the Lord in your life and in your heart the amount that you would open up to the the things of God and to the the spirit of God determines the amount that you would experience him and so it's a shame when it's so a powerful morning and you could almost cut with a knife the the presence of God that's in the room, and someone walks out like, wow, that was just another Sunday. <laughs> so no, it wasn't just another Sunday. You are just another boring old self who was too uh, tight and too too much of a man to lift your hands and cry for Jesus. That's what it was. But anywho, so I want to encourage you to, um, to lean in. So, so what's, what's going to happen is I'm going to share a little bit and then... Um, we're going to come back into worship. And here's this is real cliche of a preacher to say this, right? But I really, actually, genuinely believe, like I've had butterflies in my stomach this whole week as I think about it. I really believe God's going to do a work in our hearts this morning. So let me pray one more time. Father, your word is alive, it's active. Your promise, God, is that it would not return to you void, but it would achieve that which it's accomplished. And so that's what I pray, God, as I speak, as I do my best to articulate that which you have in my heart. Um, God, would you supplement those areas of me that are insufficient? To be able to communicate your truth, and um, as we partner together, Lord, would, would we all be better because of it? In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone says, "Amen." Amen. So we've been um in this series, the way of Jesus. Um, I'll, I promise if I'm talking to these guys, I'll come back and talk to you eventually. I won't leave you, just <laughs> stranded. Same with you guys. Um, but we've been in this series, the way of Jesus, and we've really been looking at. I mean, Andrew's been using this narrow pathway and the broad pathway right and and what does it look like as followers of Jesus to to walk that narrow pathway to pattern our lives after Christ to not just be Christians by title but Christ ones by way of life and um it's been really awesome we have been looking at Matthew 5 6 and 7 the Sermon on the Mount and um I know there's been a lot of jokes made about the Sermon on the Mount but can I just add to it um like about the title it's a, it's a bad title like, can we just all agree? Like, that would be like me giving you the title of my message, The Sermon in the Circle, <laughs> right? Like, like it has no indication of what the sermon is about. It doesn't give you any idea of what my bottom line that I'm going to be teaching. So if I was to help Jesus, because let's be honest, he didn't title it himself. Um, if I was to help him, I would kind of say the sermon could be called, now I'm not a creative person, so don't judge me, but I think it's a little better than Sermon on the Mount. Maybe it could be called um, the li- Living Life in God's Kingdom, Maybe that could be a title for it, or maybe not that, but maybe the way of the kingdom of heaven. The reason I say that is because the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, it really is Jesus not talking about a mount or wherever he was, but he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. and And what does it look like for us as humans being made in the image of God to pattern our lives after Jesus, to not just take it by... Um, virtue of, yes, I believe in Christ, but to actually take my life, take my my attitudes, my behaviors, my way of thinking, and to have it conform not to the world, the broad way, but to the kingdom of heaven, to Jesus, and to be transformed by the renewing of a mind. What does, that, what does that look like? And so really, Jesus is talking about the way of the kingdom. What does it look like to live as citizens of heaven? And I believe we've been in the Beatitudes a lot, uh, Matthew 5, verses 1 to 12, and you could really then look at the Beatitudes like Jesus teaching kingdom character, right? What does it look like to have the character of Christ as we live in his creation? What does it look like to have the character of Christ? And it's inside out, it's upside down, it's radical, it doesn't make sense when you first read it, but it's the way of the kingdom, it's the narrow pathway. And so if that was kingdom character, then what I want to talk to you today about is um, what I would call kingdom responsibility. You see, after Jesus unpacks the character of a Christ one, as someone who was following after Jesus, he then says this. Let's put up on the screen. In, in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, he says, you are the light of the world. Someone say, I am. I am, I am the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do, neither do you put a lamp under, sorry, a light under a lamp, but you put it under a, sorry, I've read that completely wrong. Wow, it's been a minute since I preached. Leave me alone. <laughs> neither do you, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. There it is. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, here it is, let your light, everyone say this, shine, everyone say shine. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's our kingdom responsibility, isn't it? Jesus is like, hey, here's the kingdom character. Here's what it looks like to live as as a Christ one, as a Christian. But watch this. Here's your responsibility. There's a mission. There's a job to do as one of those in God's kingdom is to let your light shine. He says, You are the light of the world. Now, now that's a powerful and slightly overwhelming identity statement about you and I. The reason I say that is because we've heard this before, haven't we? In, In John 8 12, when Jesus was speaking, he said, I am the light of the world. Right? Jesus, referring to himself, he says, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, Jesus speaking, you will not live in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. How many of us know that the world is in darkness? It always has been. It always is. I don't think it's any more darker now than it was then. It's always been crap, right? The crap just changes. But the world is in darkness. And Jesus says, you don't got to, there's there's an alternative way to live. You don't got to live that way. You can live my way. And it's a, maybe a little harder in some ways, but it's a, it's a, it's a pathway that leads to life. The, the life would be better s- said, zoe life, which means life how it ought to be, the best life. It says, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, you will not have to walk in darkness, but you can have true life, good life, fulfilling life. So it's overwhelming because Jesus shares one of his I am statements, there's seven of them, and he shares that with us, and he says, I'm the light of the world, but so are you. You are the light of the world. And when I was thinking about this, how can I explain this? How can I unpack this? I was thinking about the sun and the moon, right? Let's go to primary school, right? Like like how many know that the sun, S-U-N, shines light to earth, and with that light comes life, right? Without the sun, there's no light. There's no life. Well, so too, without Jesus, there's no light that leads to life. There's no Zoe life. There's no life how it should be. We'd all be kind of left to the crap that's happening in the world, And so Jesus says, I am the light of the world, I am like the sun, and I shine my light so that you don't have to walk in darkness, but you can walk in light and have life the way it's supposed to be. So if Jesus is the light of the world, then we're kind of like the moon, in that we ourselves are not a source of light, don't get it twisted, there's nothing that fantastic about me or about you, other than Jesus loves us, but we are not a source of light, but yet we reflect the light. That's what we're called to do. So when he says, I am the light of the world, and you are the light of the world, he's not saying there's something great about you that can save humanity. There isn't. What he's saying is, you are a depiction of me here on earth and meant to reflect my light to the world around us. And so Jesus is like the S-U-N sun, and we're like the moon reflecting the night. Now, how many know that the moon is most effective in reflecting the sunlight in darkness? When it's dark, we see the moon really reflecting the sun. I think there's something there about us. Not hiding in our churches, but being in the world. Anywho, um, so the way Paul would say this in Colossians one twenty seven is, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul seemed to think that when you walk in the room, Christ walks in the room. Isn't that a bit overwhelming? Paul seemed to think that when you walk in the room, peace walks into the room. Because we, in a mysterious way, when we surrender our lives and pledge allegiance to King Jesus, his spirit comes and takes residence in our heart. And now I am a tabernacle or a dwelling place, if you will, for the presence of God. So where I go, God goes. Where I go, light goes. So we're like the moon, we're reflecting the sun. Uh, John would say it this way in 1 John 4.4, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater is light that is in you than the darkness that exists in the world. Second Corinthians three eighteen, Paul would go on to say, So we all with our veils being removed, having seen Jesus, having our hearts come alive to the things of Christ, we reflect the glory of God. So here's my bottom line question How well are we reflecting the glory of God? If if our kingdom responsibility, our, our one job here on earth is to be the light of the world, to change the world, to 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 impact the world for better, for Zoe life, how well are we shining? How well are you shining? How well am I shining? I forgot to add, but I was supposed to say this right at the beginning. This is something that God has not been unpacking in me since I stepped out of ministry. So please don't hear me speaking to you as one who is a master, but I'm simply a student trying to figure this out. How do, how do I shine in, in a mind's light? Right? How do I shine in, in a crib room? Do I look any different to everyone else? Do I live in a way which is, I'm getting ahead of myself, I'll get there in a second. Ask your neighbor, are you shining today? Ask them. Ask your neighbor. Yeah, are you shining today? Here's what I think happens. Here's what I think happens. And I thought this was kind of mind-blowing when I thought about it. So if you don't think it is, just be mind-blowing anyway, and I'll feel happy by myself. Uh, The sun is like Jesus, right? S-U-N, shining light. And we are like the moon. We ought to reflect the light of the sun. But here's what happens every now and then. You know this, right? Is the earth rotates around the sun and intercepts the moon and what do we call that an eclipse so if you're wondering the title of my message it's the eclipse christian i think there are many of us speaking to myself who sometimes don't do too well at shining at being the light of the world at reflecting jesus because we've been eclipsed by the world and that's what i want to talk about this morning really Is have you been eclipsed? Have your heart been eclipsed from the face of Jesus? So when you walk in the room, does it change? When you walk into a room of stress, does peace enter with you? Or do you just walk into the room and add to the stress that's there? You know what I mean? I'm asking myself. Jesus in in Mark 4 would explain maybe what the world is. Um, He's teaching a parable about the sower and the seed and the soil. And he says there's a certain soil which is weedy and thorny and the the sower sows the seed into the soil and it grows up first, you know, like it, it springs up, there's life. But what happens is he says this in Mark 4, he says, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things choke the word and it proves unfruitful. The cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things. I wonder if these three things don't eclipse our heart before the Lord. Maybe for you it's the, the worries of this world. You know, some Christians, this sounds harsh, but like I said, I'm teaching myself. Some Christians live like practicing atheists. You know what I mean? Like we, like we sing like, that is who you are, like way maker, miracle worker. But you were stressing just coming to church because you thought you were going to be late. And you're going to be stressing going to your job tomorrow because of the to-do list. And you're worrying about your grandkids, and you're worrying about COVID, and, and you're worrying about this, and you're, but, but way maker, miracle worker, but you're stressing about everything like you're the Lord of your life. And so it's like we're practicing atheists, right? Like, I'm, I'm guilty of this. It's like, yes, Lord, I believe in you, but, but you're not really on your throne. You're not really Lord of all. You're not really Alpha and Omega, Elohim, the creator of all things. And so I wonder if worry, it's kind, of like, um, it's kind of like Peter, right, when he steps out of the boat and he's walking on water. This passage is preached so much, but let me just add another notch to its belt. And he's walking on water, right, and he can feel the, the, the wind and the waves, and he can feel the water washing against his feet. But apparently, as long as he stayed fixated on Jesus, he was able to transcend the elements. And the minute he took his eyes off Jesus and he put his eyes on the storms and the winds and the wave, he began to sink. And in my short 27 years of life, and, and I know you've probably figured this out, but let me just remind you, whenever I take my heart's attention and affection, whenever I take my eyes off Jesus and I put it on things that are begging for me to stress about, my soul always begins to sink. It always begins to sink. And so now how can I be in an a image of the light of Christ? How can I be like the moon reflecting the sun in darkness if I'm... Being eclipsed by the worry, and really, what I'm doing is just reflecting the context in which I'm in. So I wonder if worry is eclipsing your heart, but maybe it's not worry. Maybe you chill. you're chill. Like, nah, God's in control. But maybe it's the deceitfulness of riches. Ah, oh, this is a big one, isn't it? This is a real big one, isn't it? It starts off with well intentions. I'm just trying to provide for my family. But the thing about the deceitfulness of riches is it's deceitful. And so what happens is you get a little more. And now you need to get a little more. And now you need to get a little more. And now I'll trample on whoever i got to trample on. And God's using me and blessing me in this job, by that offering 50 cents an hour more, so I'm going to move. And I'll get a little more. And it's a little bit like salt water, isn't it? The more I drink, the thirstier I get. Can I be real with you? I know we're, some of us have just met, but let's, let's go there. Like recently, eight months ago, I stepped out of ministry. Seven years of my life, I was on like teensy tiny bit of money, Right? And now I've got a little bit more money. But can I tell you, it doesn't actually change the state of my heart. Some of us think, if I get more, I'll be happy. But maybe your lack of happiness isn't due to your state of affairs, but the state of your mind and the state of your heart. And so you get more, but you're taking the same old damaged self with you into more. So you've got the new car, but you haven't changed. It's the deceitfulness of riches. So now I've got more and it's not enough, so let me get more. And let me get more. And now we're going to work and going to our worlds and we're going to our places and we just look like everybody else around us in the rat race trying to get ahead, trying to get more, trying to get more. And so how are we supposed to shine if we're just looking like the world in which we live? Maybe it isn't the deceitfulness of riches, but maybe it's just the desire for other things. You know those people that you're, I mean, none of you guys because you're here, (laughs) but you know those other people that aren't here, (laughs) And they used to be like fervent for the Lord, you know, like they used to be passionate. When I was saying, you guys can come out and they would be right out behind Lindsay, like almost air guitar playing because they're that passionate for the Lord. And then like they just kind of disappear. And names come to your head and heart right now. <laughs> You're like, yeah, damn. Be careful. It might be you too. This is your first time in a month. Um, I can say, I can be a bit loose because I mean, I'm not a pastor anymore. Um, and... And you know those people, right? And they just kind of disappear. And then you bump into like, hey man, look, where you been? Oh, I just just been distracted, you know, I've just been doing other things. I've just oh, you know, like I've just just had things, just stuff. And the thing is, it's 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 well-intentioned. It's not like malicious. You're not walking away from Jesus, you're not going, screw you, Jesus, I'm doing my own thing. It's just like it's like I didn't use that Nemo analogy. I think that was you. Yeah. It's kind of like we're dory, right? Where we're just like, yes, Jesus, yes, you shiny thing. <laughs> yes, Jesus, yes, you shiny thing, and we just and other things, here's, here's, here's the thing with the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and, and the desire for other things. The, the, the cure, if you would, to that eclipse is, is Hebrews 12. Therefore, since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything. Let us, let us throw off the worries. Let us throw off the pursuit for more. Let us, let us throw off the other things or even the sin. I won't even go there because the message will be too long. But the sin that so easily entangles and let us run our race. Watch this, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's the, that's the cure, if you would. How, how, do we, how do we declipse, if that's a word, our heart from Jesus? How do we turn our heart away from the world and, and, and align ourselves back with Jesus so that we reflect like the moon, the glory of the sun, the light of the sun? Well, it's to fix our eyes on Jesus. You see, the only time our heart gets overwhelmed by worry, the only time we get deceived by riches, the only time the desire for other things take away our heart's affection from Jesus is when we allow ourselves to be turned away from Jesus. And don't get it mistaken, you allowed it. Don't, don't, don't blame no one else. It's you. It's your heart. It's your mind. You're in control. You allowed it. And so what we need to do is we need to guard our heart, Proverbs 4, and start the day every morning and go, God, there's a whole lot that is, is begging for my uh, worry and begging for my attention. And God, there's these bills to play, but you're the, you're the sustainer. I'm not the sustainer. You're the sustainer. You're Jehovah Jahira. And God, there's these other things, but I know true joy, I know true joy and, and, and true fulfillment is found in you, so I'm starting my day fixed on you. Right? That's, that's how we do it. And every day we repent. And every day we turn back. And every day we come to Jesus and we say, God, today's a new day and I'm following you. Today's a new day and I'm fixating on you. So that's how we, we prevent ourselves from being eclipsed. Easier said than done, but needs to be done. But then how do we shine? Because I feel like we don't get this right all the time. Back to the verse that said, uh, A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people put a lamp, light a lamp, and put it under a bowl. And then in verse 16 it said, In the same way, oh, you did you guys just leave that up there? Did you? I'm getting distracted. (laughs) Dory moment. Um, In the same way, let your light, okay, shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, "A town built on a hill cannot be hidden." In other words, we're not supposed to be undercover. Listen, I know you're, you think you're on a secret mission. James Bond, 007, Christian, secret, covert. You're not. You, you, you gave yourself that mission. There is no secret service in Christianity. There's no covert spies in the kingdom of heaven. No one is called to live in the shadows. We're called to live like a city on a hill where, we, where it cannot be hidden. But how, how do we shine? He says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Listen, if, if, if I was to look at the church today, and if I was to look at Christians today, I'm, I'm being a bit judgmental, but it's okay. <laughs> We're in church, I can ask for forgiveness, right? Um, but but if, I was, if I was to make an assessment, maybe rather than a judgment, and if I was to assess the state of the church, and if I was to see how we are shining or maybe ineffectively shining our lights, and if I was to rewrite that, trans, that, that, that scripture, verse 16, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If I was to rewrite that in the 21st century Christian text, I would say it would read something like this. See, see if you agree. Um, in the same way, good start, let someone who is good at speaking and explaining the things of God, light shine in the eyes of others so they may hear what you say and read your social media posts, and agree with your argument, I mean glorify God in heaven. Right? Like That's how I feel like we're trying to shine our lights at the moment. It's like we defer the responsibility, our kingdom responsibility to, to the preacher, to pass, oh, Andrew, you go shine, brother, <laughs> amen, you shine, but me, I'm going to just, no, no, let your light shine. It's, it's, it's your responsibility in the kingdom. You can't defer this. Listen, this is actually important. You can't defer your responsibility to shine the light of Christ into the world in which you live because only you live in that world. There's places that you can reach that I can't reach. There's people that you interact with that I'll never, ever interact with. And so if we just let it for the preacher or the pastor or the, the dude who's eloquent with words and is charismatic and doesn't mind speaking through a mic, if we just let him or her do it, how's the light going to go forth? How, how's the kingdom going to be expanded? He says, let your light shine. Now watch this, he says, before others. Not pushing some kingdom agenda, not pushing some perspective into the face and into the eyes of us, not blinding them with our light, like, hey, Jesus, like, you're a sinner, repent. No, he says, before others. In other words, live your life in a way where you're not forcing your, king, your, your, your Christian agenda, but you're living it in a way for people to see. Man, I can't tell you, and this is not me bragging because I'm still learning this, but I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had people come up to me curious because I seem a little different. I mean, our next-door neighbor, right? Like, Beck, you remember this. We were all, um, we all kind of just finding Jesus, and it was, you know, that honeymoon phase when it's all amazing. And we're singing worship at home, and we're reading our Bibles, and we all hate each other. Like, Beck, she hated me. She doesn't now, praise the Lord. But, but genuinely, she did. Like, you would, oh, I can't even, I'm not allowed to go into that. Um, but then our next-door neighbor, we didn't say a word to her. But she saw, oh, Beck's not yelling at Aaron no more. And, oh, what, what they singing some song, shine, Jesus, shine. Like, what's, what's that about? And literally, she comes over and she asks mom, she goes, what's going on in your family? Because it needs to happen in mine. And she started coming to church. And then her son started coming to church. I don't know where they're at now, but what I'm saying is, live your life before others. Before others. Listen, you're, you're employed not to stand on the table and preach. Don't be weird. Don't shine your light in the face of others. But live your life before others. You should be the best worker at your job. Because we know that as Christians, we serve our bosses. We, uh, Colossians says, serve your master as if you're serving unto the Lord. So, so Christians should simply just stand out because we have a higher perspective. And we'll do the, the overtime, and we'll do the extra thing, and we'll, we'll go the extra mile because that's what it means to live as one in God's kingdom. So don't shine it in the face of others, but before others. And then here it is, so they not may hear what you say, but they'll see your good deeds. Listen, too many Christians are talking a whole lot and not loving a whole lot. And now I'm not going to swing to one extreme and go, you never have to talk, you do. At some point, you're going to have to open up your mouth and you're going to have to speak life and you're going to have to speak Christ. But shut up. (laughs) You're talking too much. Love first. Live first. You know, like just recently, I was working with this dude who is very colorful, very far from Jesus. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, preach at him or anything but I was praying for him and I said Lord i got two swings with this dude like let me just practice what I preach let me shine and so I, I didn't do nothing I just I was just me and I was just trying to be a best representation of Jesus and you know it was like the last day and he starts asking questions And we sat in this little container thing for like two hours and I just talked about Jesus with him and he had questions after questions. But you know, if I started that, like, hey man, nice to meet you. So Jesus loves you, dude. Like, there's no way. You got to live it first. Let your good deeds be seen before others that they may see. Sorry, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, I'm almost done, but I I skipped over one part. You see, if we're going to be kingdom representatives, if we've got a kingdom responsibility and it's to be like the moon reflecting the glory of the sun, in this case S-O-N, to the world, if we're going to light up the places in which you find yourself, um, here's what I think we need to shine first. Verse 15, it said, neither do you light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. Can I, for a second, not be heretical, but draw an application that I don't think Jesus was intending, but I think needs to be made? You know, I did seven years as a youth pastor, and um, that was some of the best years of my life, but they're some of the most frustrating, too, because I felt like I couldn't be as open and honest with parents because I need their kids to come to youth group. Um, But the amount of times I had parents come up to me, and and I just want to speak to the parents in the room for a second, and I I speak with humility because I am not a parent, all right, but allow me, please, as Seven years in the youth ministry, I feel like this needs to be finally said. The amount of times I had parents come up to me and say, Aaron, you've got to get my kid to church. Aaron, you need, you need to get my kid to, to start reading the Bible like those other kids. Aaron, all these kids at the front of church, they're dancing and they're raising their hands, but my kid won't come forward. He just sits, can you get my kid to, to worship a bit more? Can you get my kids to be a bit more passionate? You know, I think if, if, there, if, if there's ever a place that we ought to shine first, it's got to be in our homes. What's the point of, like, renew, like, renew the suburb that we're in if we can't even light up our homes? In Timothy, when he's talking about ministers, he says, if a minister can't lead his home, how could he lead a church? And how are we going to light up our workplaces and our friends' lives and how are we going to speak life and hope if we can't even do that in our homes? And, you know, the, th- the sad thing is when I look at some of those parents and I make more assessments, <laughs> not judgments, uh, I look at them, and you know what I wanted to say, but I never had the guts to say it, was like, hey, why don't you come to the front and show them what worship looks like? like you, want, you, you want to get your kids to church? How about you stop missing every third Sunday and, and coming only once a month? Like if you, you, want your, you, want your, you want your kids to be passionate about the Bible? Why don't you open it up with them? Now, listen, parents, your kids are never going to say to you can, you, can you show what it's like to be passionate for Jesus? They're never going to say it, but I promise you, even if they can't articulate it, they want it. If I look at the amount of teenagers over my seven years that were able to hear the word, consume the word, and run, versus those that kind of just dwindled off, it's crazy. If you look at the state of the houses, the homes that they go to, the ones that homes were shining bright and their their parents loved the Lord, they continued the course, eh? But like not all of them, but most of them. And those that were going to fractured homes with with parents that, you know, maybe have been eclipsed by the world and they're not really shining. It was like they would always just, year 12, it was a killer. They're gone. Get their license, they're off. And so, parents, I implore you, shine in your homes. Like tonight, your kids are going to be playing Fortnite, Call of Duty, whatever they're playing. But unplug it. They're going to kick and scream. It's fine. Unplug it. Sit them down and go, hey, we're going to be reading the Bible every Sunday night. They will hate it at first because they hated it in youth group but they'll thank you for it when they're about three four years older i promise you so you are the light of the world jesus says A town built on a hill cannot easily be hidden neither you light a lamp and put it under a bowl but you let your light shine and so maybe today as i'm speaking you feel like man i've been eclipsed by the world maybe it's the worries of this world maybe it's the desire of riches maybe it's the pursuit of other things but, but in your heart you're like yeah like I'm not really shining or maybe you just kind of you've got you're full of light you're full of passion but you've just been undercover we're gonna we're gonna worship and um, here's what I felt on my heart as I was praying about Lord where do I leave them as we worship as we sing the name of Jesus quite literally in this first song Wherever you're at, eclipsed, uneclipsed, undercover, shining bright, wherever you're at, would you would you do something just like super uncomfortable and you don't even have to move, but just take off the mask for a minute? You know that mask we put on when we come to church and go, Jesus, this is, this is just, this is where I'm at. Because I've never met a Christian that says, I, I don't want to shine. I've just met Christians who are maybe ineffective. And this is what I'm asking of you is as we sing these songs, bring your heart, bear your heart. The Lord is is faithful to forgive and to redeem. And maybe you're not eclipsed, like maybe you're doing everything right. Well, then you have a name in your heart right now. You have a person that's coming to your mind right now and you're like, yeah, they're in a bit of darkness. As we sing, as we worship, would you bring that person, that family, that workmate before the Lord Everyone's got something to bring in worship this morning. And there's no time to fake, there's no time to pretend, there's no time to hide. Who cares, right? Like, who cares? Who actually cares? But let's just get real as we sing this song. we want to sing this first song, I Speak Jesus.